Welcome to MuggleCast, your weekly ride into the Wizarding World fandom. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Laura. On today's episode, we are joined by Bradley Bakes. He is a YouTuber in the United Kingdom who's currently baking his way through the entire Harry Potter series. Such a cool project. So cool. Bradley is going page by page through the books creating a magical food or drink recipe every time he encounters a mention of a food or drink item. So we're going to speak with him about how he came up with this idea and what it's been like to take on such a huge project. And Bradley's here now. Hi, Bradley. Welcome to the show. Hi, Andrew. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. What else should listeners know about you? So yeah, I can tell you a bit about my maybe relationship with Harry Potter series. Um, I'd say my favorite book and film uh, is The Goblet of Fire. Uh, I love the, the variety of action and um, the different schools and getting that different kind of dynamics. So that's that's a great part. Um, I'm a Gryffindor at heart. Um, I have done the Ilvermorny quiz. Um, I've got a Thunderbird as well. Um, and my Patronus, according to Pottermore, is a hedgehog, which I'm not sure how to take. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll work with it. <laughs> it's cute. Indeed. When did you discover the Harry Potter series? So I think it was it was just before the first film came out. Um, so one of my aunts actually gave me the book as a, a present. And I will admit that it kind of sat on the shelf gathering dust for, for quite a while um but when the films were coming out we went to go see it as a kind of whole school trip um so i wanted to, to read it before seeing it um and then kind of got hooked from there and um, so listening to the audiobooks as well um and yeah it's just evolved evolved from that awesome yeah and evolved into a big project how did you decide to start creating recipes based on every food and drink item mentioned in the harry potter books yeah i kind of fell into it by accident almost so um I've been been baking since I, I was little and always looking for a bit of a, a new creative outlet um I'd previously um been doing some bakes around theater shows um, and trying to you know come up with cakes or, or or other recipes that were inspired by shows um but I, I wanted to to kind of bring that into to a, a new fandom um I was just rereading the Harry Potter books as as we do every now and again. Um, and as I was going through like the first chapter, it just like suddenly hit me how much food there was, um, which I'd never really appreciated <laughs> until I, I read it under that lens. So um, I started noting them down and was like, this, this could be a project. Um, and then, yeah, I just decided to go for the challenge. See, we joked that once we finished chapter by chapter on MuggleCast, we would like have to go sentence by sentence or word by <laughs> word. But you've actually done that. You're doing yeah. that. <laughs> like... Said I, I've I've watched your videos and it's like the the next um the next big thing is like one sentence after or like in a, in a couple of cases a couple of words after it's like they had meringue pie and then they had dinner drinks it's like <laughs> let's do both utter utterly amazing razor sharp focus on that that's really cool Thanks so yeah much. he's done sixty four recipes based on sorcerer's stone or philosopher's stone as you call it over there and fifty four recipes based on chamber of secrets. So well over a hundred videos Ooh, at this point. Indeed. It's been a it's been a long, long journey, but still enjoying it. So that's the, the main thing. That's Good. awesome. I feel like one of the more fun aspects of this project must be deciding how to put your own twist on some of the food mentions. Um so just for our listeners' reference, um, in your first ever video in the series, you turned a mention of Dudley eating cereal into making an edible cereal bowl. Um, you also made the book's lemon meringue pie from a scene at the Dursleys, but you made it a golden snitch lemon meringue pie. Um, and in another, when the book mentions cabbage, you recreated the Whomping Willow in a chocolate cabbage cake. So very inventive stuff. And I'm just wondering, what is this process like for you? 
Yeah, thanks, Laura. I think for me, it's it's been a bit of a creative outlet for me. So I'm always looking to to challenge myself as well as come up with something that is is magical. And I think some of the recipes you kind of get that inspiration straight away. If it's something that you know they're enjoying on on the train to Hogwarts or or at Hogsmeade, it, it almost has that magical sense to it. But where I've probably had the most fun is is turning those more mundane recipes like the cabbage into into something that is is truly magical. So um, it's kind of thinking either has it been something I've made before or is there something that I, I really want to try um how can I incorporate what's happening in the story at that time or what's coming up in in that chapter or later in the book um are there any flavors that that really talk about the, the story and then just thinking kind of how can I elevate this how can I add a an extra sense of, of magic to, to bring that to life yeah how can I elevate cabbage <laughs> <laughs> you I did was it. thinking for a while <laughs> or just the Jersleys in general how do you elevate them right. well that, lead, that leads into the next question quite well actually so cabbage you figured out but was there ever anything you came across in the books you're like I think I'll skip this and not tell my audience <laughs> that this was mentioned at all like I'm just not gonna can't do anything with this uh sorry and you know have you avoided uh, or or been really stuck and uninterested in doing a recipe? Yeah, I've, I've, I would admit I've been tempted a few times, but I know <laughs> there are there's so many people who are now like invested in in the journey as well that I feel like I'd get caught out very quickly. So um, I've got to be, be honest <laughs> to the challenge and stick to it. That's fair. Cabbage was 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 one of those that was I had to do a lot of thinking of like how do I not just serve a salad uh, and do something interesting with it? Um, yeah. I'm not a massive fan of peanuts. So that came up in the Chamber of Secrets um, and had to kind of think around how to to do that in a, a fun kind of magical way. Haggis was probably the, the weirdest one. Um, oh, yeah. So it, it, it's, a, it's a delicacy in, in, in Scotland, um, but it has all sorts of, of innards of, of various animals and um, is traditionally kind of cooked together with, with blood, which... I was a bit squeamish about making, so um, I yeah. tried to do something that was a, a bit, a bit more palatable, um, but still had that element of, of magic to it. What did you do with haggis? So I made them into um, into like homemade sausages um, that were lamb based, which is is traditionally um, what goes into to haggis. Um, took out the blood um, and made it, oh, okay. um, but still had all of those kind of flavour element elements in there as well. So hopefully, it's a, a stepping stone to the to the real haggis. Yeah. If you posted something with blood on YouTube, would, <laughs> would that get taken down? Just flags everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they'd accept that. Um, what's been the most challenging food item to make so far? Has there been like one really difficult project for you? That's a great question. Yeah, I think it, it, it's probably a mix. Sometimes there's there's things that I'm, I've made before, but I'm looking for a way to make it more ma- magical. And that's where the challenge comes in. So I think in the Chamber of Secrets, there was the mention of the chicken and ham sandwiches um, that, that McGonagall is like conjured, has conjured up in, in her office. Um, and I was like, how can I how can I make this magical? So I did a hundred layer sandwich challenge and tried to make that stand. Wow. Um, which is great fun. That's so um, cool. But uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of sweat in the kitchen for that one. Or I think like there was Mars bars back in the Philosopher's Stone, which is probably the one that took me the most attempts to do. I think it took like seven or eight attempts to, to get right. And usually I'd be like, oh, that, that should be fine. It's just a chocolate bar. Um, but getting all the different elements and, and bringing them together took a while. So, yeah, that's probably the, the one that, that I had to, to do, do the most repeats for. Yeah. The 100 layer sandwich. You did make that stand after all, right? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, it, it was. I will admit it was only for a few seconds before I had to, to jump in it and, and save it. But uh, 
it was it was yeah. relatively stable. So <laughs> that was good. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. The beauty of video, you could slow it down and be like, it's standing forever. <laughs> kind of uh, as a follow up to that question, I was wondering, has there been anything that you've made where you were kind of going along? You're like, I'm not really sure how this is going to turn out, or you were really kind of hesitant about it and then you tasted it afterwards and you're like oh, that was actually pretty damn good yeah the haggis <laughs> that's probably one where i was like i don't know how this is gonna go but i'm gonna try and put my own spin on it um i think there has been a a few kind of soup recipes which is is not something that i'd, I'd always make i kind of when i do comfort food it's used like a, the, the, the standard british classics um but i try to do a fair different varieties of soups um, and again that's like one of those things where you're going to put all the ingredients in leave it to simmer and you come back in two hours and you're like is this going to be okay is this going to taste good um but i was really mm-hmm. happy with how the the mandrake soup came out um just had like great flavor in it it looks really cool there was a moment like i first recorded it made these these dumplings and like mandrakes and kind of mm. put them into the soup but had no idea whether they just disintegrate and i'd come back when they were like all mush <laughs> um so it was a nice surprise when i came back to the pot and, and they were all fluffed up and, and, and tasted great. It's screaming good. That should be the, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's great the tagline. tagline. Yeah. I was going to say it probably looked a lot cuter than the final product in the books, right? We never get to see what actually happens to the mandrakes uh, mm. when they're turned into this solution. So I think that what you came up with is probably a lot more wholesome. So I'm wondering, you clearly have a lot of experience in the kitchen and I'm just wondering what is one of the top mistakes that novice chefs make? Great question. I think for me, when I was kind of starting and most of my kind of cooking knowledge has come from either family and friends or recipe books or or watching YouTube. um, I think sometimes if you try to jump in and like almost bake step by step as you go, um, you don't always have that vision of like what the full recipe is. So I definitely recommend always read the full recipe or watch the full video first um, so you understand what all the elements are, are going to be. Um, and that just helps with with some of the, the prep and and kind of knowing what you need to, why you need to prepare in a certain way for, for the end result. For our listeners and even, even for us as hosts, what's a simple recipe that we can do at home? Definitely think for beginners, at least for myself. Uh, so same, same. <laughs> I'm not alone here. Yeah, like... <laughs> No, no, no. For reference, guys, I just learned how to separate egg white from yolk like, I don't know, <laughs> half a year ago. So I, that's essential in baking, right? That's pretty yeah. important. <laughs> You're all good to go for the meringue recipes. So you can try Aunt Petunia's pudding. Um, that was kind of a, a pavlova. Easy recipe. So I think the grim chocolate biscuits that we made a couple of weeks ago um, is, is actually quite easy. Um, all you need to do is kind of cut some cardboard to create a bit of a stencil and then it, it looks very impressive but it is quite simple so i think that's a great place to start um a lot of the the drink recipes or the potion recipes have been been quite fun and also really quick to do so um that's something that i think most people could could get involved with we like drinks here we'll take you up on that <laughs> yeah exactly everybody loves a, a drink <laughs> <laughs> i will admit to watching the uh, hogwarts house uh, cocktail episode that looked really good yeah that was great fun <laughs> Especially kind of tr- keep trying the recipes and I was like, mm, do I need to do this again? <laughs> Can I do this better? What is your process like for creating one of these videos? So you find the food and drink items in the books. And then what I really love about these videos 
is that you start everyone off with you sh- you share the quote from the book that you're basing the recipe on, which I think is so great to see. And it really holds you accountable. I think yeah. it's like, here it is. Okay, <laughs> this is straight from the book. So we're doing it. You find these food and drink items. And then how many of these I don't know why this was my first question, but how many of these recipes do you shop for at a time? Because there's so many you have to do. Yeah, definitely. I think that's where I've kind of got into more of a process as I've gone gone through. So when we started the Philosopher's Stone, um, I was kind of reading and baking at the same time. So like I'd read, find the recipe, make it. Um, so it was, it, was, it was a lot more kind of one at a time, um, which made it hard to kind of do any future planning, but also tripped me up a few times where maybe the recipe was loosely referenced at one point and then it came back up later and there was additional context or or, or talk about the kind of flavors I could have used. So for the Chamber of Secrets, read through the whole book first and noted down all of the recipes. Um, and then if there were any other kind of mentions of it later of, of how it was prepared or how it looked or how it tasted, I could incorporate that into the recipe. Um, I probably have like in process at a time, four or five. Um, so those are kind of, fleshed out recipes um i know what ingredients i need for them and then i would go and shop for those all in in bulk um but then obviously some of those will take longer to make um but i might get right the first time some i might need to to redo so um it all kind of flows from there yeah and on average how long does each recipe take to bring to life from start to finish yeah it's a good question i think it, it depends on what the recipe is and, and how complex I've, I've, I've been with what I've come up with. Um, so it's something that I've already made a fair few times. Um, I'm kind of relatively confident I can get done in, in one kind of shot. Then I can I could do that like within a weekend of coming up with, with the idea, shopping for the ingredients and, and getting that video recorded. If it's something that's a bit more complex or that I need to do a few kind of test runs for, um, then it could be over the course of several weeks. So Still, I wow. think, yeah, I think the longest one has been probably four weeks. Um, and that's just because I got frustrated with um, <laughs> with, with the fact that it wasn't coming out the way I intended to. So I just had to have those breaks in between. Mm-hmm. So I see you've moved on to Prisoner of Azkaban, my favorite book. Where are you in, in that book right now? So we are on recipe 10, um, but that is only chapter two. So it gives you a sense of kind of how <laughs> how many food references <laughs> there are so close together. Um, yeah. It is at the dinner party at the Dursleys. So it's like every other sentence is, oh, and then they had this and then they had that. So um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll be here a while before we make it to Hogwarts. But um, no, it's a, it's a fun point in the story. How many chapters or books do you have mapped out right now? So, so far, I've got all the recipes listed out from the Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, so I think I mentioned it on my Instagram already, but this is going to be the longest series so far. There's about 70 recipes from Prisoner of Azkaban, Oof. which is going to be cool. So we're releasing um, episode 10, but I've got up to episode 20. So almost halfway, not quite. Yeah, um, just another 50 <laughs> or so to go. Yeah, you're... exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in terms of like mapping that out, I, I, I kind of have a rough idea of, of what I want to do for those recipes, but they're not formally written down or formed in my head yet. Um, so yeah, still still got the bulk of, of those recipes to come to life. Have you cool. received like feedback from people also making these recipes in their homes and kind of like how it turned out or photos or like disaster SOSs like, help me, how do I get this <laughs> froth to be more frothy? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely the coolest part because I think when I first started, it was just like, oh, I want to do this to be a bit of a creative outlet and, and have fun with it. Um, but to see people be inspired to 
we create them, especially people who don't consider themselves to be foodies or to be bakers. I think that's that's really cool. So um, I love when they share their photos on on Instagram. And um, I think there hasn't been too many SOSs. I think a lot of people <laughs> get in touch to say, oh, if I don't eat this or if I'm allergic to this, how can I, can I swap them out? Which is, again, it's cool and it, it helps me think about future recipes and how I can make them a bit more um, inclusive and accessible. Well, I think in your videos too, you're very careful to say like, oh, you know, you should put this in the refrigerator and it will thicken yeah. it, you know, kind of a thing to like really help people who you're just like, you kind of pre-prepare people to like understand what's going to happen. I'm also thinking this is a great resource for people who want to have Harry Potter house parties. Because when you oh, want to do a themed God. Harry Potter party, you want to yes. get some cool recipes, whether drinks or food. So this is just an incredible resource because at some point you're going to have every darn food item mentioned in the books on your YouTube channel. And people will just be able to go here and create literally anything that was mentioned in the book. So just amazing. Definitely. No excuses anymore for people attending uh, Harry <laughs> Potter parties. There's plenty of recipes here from Bradley. You got to up your game, everybody. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, some of the upcoming books, I know you were talking about Prisoner of Azkaban. Is there any particular food or recipe that's kind of down the line that you're really excited uh, to make? Good question. So I think in terms of recipes that people who are watching the series have, have said they're really looking forward to um a lot of people have mentioned creatures french onion soup <laughs> <laughs> i think that's that's going to be an interesting one to, to again like take some that is 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 quite basic as a, as a, a soup no offense to those who love french onion soup um <laughs> but how can i make that more magical and add a bit of house self um magic to that so that's going to be fun um personally i'm really looking forward to in the goblet of fire the the yule ball um, and again, I haven't read it under the lens of like looking for food, but I think just because of the the kind of theme and the aesthetic of of the ball, um, that's going to be really cool to try and translate that into some of the recipes that I get mentioned there. Goblet of Fire is also my favorite book, so I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, seeing you go through that one. You have been running this series since October of 2018, so congratulations. Thank you very yeah. much. But I am curious how COVID and quarantining in general affected your relationship with the channel, and did it help you cope with this past very difficult year? Yeah, definitely. I think lockdown one was was obviously um, a bit of a, a transition and people getting used to to this whole the pandemic and working from home, I think no one realized it was going to be so long. So I was like, oh, this is great. I've got more time at home. I can, can get ahead with, with the series. So um actually managed to to get the bulk of the Chamber of Secrets recipes completed um in the first kind of lockdown that we had here in the UK. Then the, the kind of the summer came and it was obviously a bit more more difficult, still not being able to 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 go out and socialize as much, as well as obviously obviously having the, the recipes from the series out, having that reason to communicate with all of the fans in the pods community um was again a great way to kind of connect and still have that those social relationships that we weren't able to do in person um so that that that's definitely helped me and i think it's always nice to have a bit of a creative um outlet to to go back to if you are whether you're stressed or you're anxious about something and um, you know being able to, to focus your attention on on creating something it, it is always really helpful so um, yeah, I've been, been thankful to have it as, as a bit of a project to, to keep me going. Yeah, I didn't yeah. myself get into sourdough, but I know that was a huge thing right <laughs> yeah. when uh, recorded. Everybody's like, let's make bread, like, let's be creative. But it spoke to all, all the things you just spoke to were that's what it was. It's like create something and be, you know, become something and learn a new skill kind of a thing. 
as a community. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really wanted to ask about your production quality and uh, first, because it's, it's amazing. Like, I, I think that this show, this show should, I mean, I know it's on YouTube. It should be on Netflix. Like it should be streaming like <laughs> so worldwide. Like it's, it's that good. And it's so calming. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Like it's just, it's so amazing. Everyone needs to check this out, but how do you do it? Like what, uh, what's like the camera setup? I don't know. You, you just had to use like, there's a lot of extreme close-ups on the food making, which helps me actually like be inspired to make the food because I can see exactly uh, how you pour butter and how you <laughs> mix something in. So like, how do you do it? And, you know, are you in a studio or are you in your actual kitchen? Yeah, so they are all shot. They've all been shot in in my actual kitchens. Um, you can if you, you see them switch between the different books. And that's where I've just been been moving moving house or, or apartment um that you get to see oh wow um, but yeah it, it's been been really cool and and actually last week uh, i rewatched an old video from the the prisoner of azkaban um the philosopher's stone um and it's really awesome to see how much it's changed um and yeah. how much it's, it's evolved um so in terms of the 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 video um very fortunate that my partner's a videographer so um that's been a, a nice way to use those those skills uh into, into the the videos and, and get the shots that that we need um and then we kind of we split the the editing process of, of that um but yeah but very, very thankful that, that he's been so on board with with the projects and, and helps helps me bring some of these these ideas to life that's awesome yeah that's great and what a great thing to be able to do during quarantine like just like have something like this to do together so yeah that's really awesome Oh, and and also, Bradley, I noticed that your profits are going to LGBT communities and 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 projects and supporting fundraisers. And I I love yeah, that's amazing your message at the beginning of each video. You know, to combat hate, this is what's going on, and I think that's just tremendous. I think that's a wonderful thing. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, a way to turn something unfortunate into something positive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think like, when I when I mentioned obviously kind of last summer that that time in lockdown, I think was was difficult for, for a lot of reasons but also um what was happening in the, in the post community um and right. trying to be there for for the trans community and, and non-binary folk as well so i had a bit of a kind of a identity crisis of like where do i sit within in, within the post community um where do other people in, in the post community feel about this issue at times you need that motivation to kind of carry on creating content. And um, if I felt like if my heart wasn't in it completely, then I wouldn't want to, to kind of, or well, I wouldn't be able to deliver the, the best recipes or the best ideas. So um, being able to channel that into something positive that, you know, get, gave me the motivation and the reason to keep baking, but also help to those who, you know, had been affected by by some of the, the rhetoric that was, was being, being shared and um, gave me the, the energy to continue with it. Yeah. yeah. And thank Definitely. you for doing that. We also had our own identity crisis last summer <laughs> as Potter fans. So yeah, definitely hear you on that front. Mm -hmm. I know that you've only been with us probably for about 30 minutes or so, but I was curious if you could turn MuggleCast into a recipe, what would it be? No pressure. <laughs> that is an amazing Bradley question. Is Put on the spot here. So. Know, right? <laughs> that was a, a last minute addition to the uh, the doc, so I apologize. No worries. Um, I think for me, one of the the, the coolest things about the, the kind of the Hogwarts house based recipes is like taking those different personalities and then bringing it together into something that is cohesive. So I think 
that's what I kind of take the inspiration for from Mugglecast and like pull out different aspects of of, of your personalities, but create into to one dish. So I'm seeing like a tiered cake for levels. You each get your own tier, um, but it looks super super cool. Um, maybe we turn it into a sorting hat, and then you slice it and you see your your Hogwarts house in each tier. Oh, oh wow! God, that's Look at so this. Cool. What, He's experienced. <laughs> this is what amazing. three books and recipes run, run into does. the kitchen now. <laughs> <laughs> Fire Quick, up chop the us up, Bradley. <laughs> a sorting hat, wearing some headphones. There you go. That's what it's going to be. Uh, oh, that'd be so cool. Wait, why haven't we done that? As we need our to get logo. an artist on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Oh, that's Credit brilliant. Bradley if we ever do it. <laughs> And by the way, just as an aside, I keep staring at this thumbnail for the mandrake stew recipe, and these mandrakes just crack me up. <laughs> the, the one, the one sitting on the cutting board is just making a frowny, frowning face, and another is smiling, and the other is like, ooh, like he's, uh, I, they're just so funny looking. I love it. Anyway, so where can our listeners find you online? Yeah, you can follow along the videos every Monday on my YouTube channel, which is Bradley Bakes, and um, also on Instagram at Blood Bakes. Um, and if you ever want to read any of the recipes and bring them to life as well, they are working their way onto my blog, which is bradleybakes.co.uk. Excellent. Bradley, it's been so great having you on the show today. Thank you for joining us and thanks for sharing your story and congratulations. It's just, seriously, I'm just, we're all so blown away by this project. It's it's really impressive and we can't wait to see it evolve over the next few books. Oh, thanks so much. No, it's been great speaking to you all. Um, so I'm glad you enjoyed this, this series and um, hopefully you can we create some of the recipes and I'd, I'd love to see what you come up with. Yeah, definitely. And listeners will have links in the show notes to Bradley's YouTube channel and his Instagram and his website as well. So yeah, thanks again, Bradley. Oh, thanks so much, everyone. Speak to you later. Thanks, Bradley. So for the rest of today's episode, we have a couple of games. First of all, we are going to play Snog, Mary, Avada Kedavra. This is a game we've had on standby for a few weeks now, months. and we're finally getting to it. <laughs> months. It's been months. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I came up with a few here using alliteration. As a reminder, Snog and Mary options are not with love potions, okay? It's consensual. Yes. All right. So actually, this first one has uh, aged well because we've been bringing up Filch a few times recently. Laura, let's give this first one to you. Okay. <laughs> Snog, Mary, Avada Kedavra, Filch, the fat lady, Fred. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to marry Fred, you know, obviously pre death. Oh, um, okay. Good. <laughs> is that a short term commitment for you, Laura? I, I guess so. Laura's going to save him in the Battle of Hogwarts. <laughs> That's oh. right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, I'm be like, baby, don't go to the Battle of Hogwarts. Like, you just, just don't stay here with just, me. Yeah, just let's let's make some, let's pull up some Bradley bakes and like make some <laughs> cool recipes together. <laughs> don't go do that. It's fine. And that means I would snog the fat lady, and which could be weird because she is a portrait, but I mean. You know, whatever. It's like kissing a two by four. I, I know. <laughs> uh, which means, unfortunately, I would be uh, Avada Kedavraing Filch. No. I know. I thought you liked him. Oh, oh, well. I find him to be an interesting character, but that does not mean that I want to swap spit with him uh, <laughs> or enter into a lifetime commitment with him. Okay. Fair enough. You'd have to Fair deal enough. with Mrs. Norris, too. It's kind of a uh, package deal. It is. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, 
I have an update on my inquiry concerning Life After Fred, the oh. fan film. <laughs> yeah. So everybody knows I reached out to the studio asking about my theory. And last week they hadn't replied yet, but they have replied since the last episode. So remember, I asked them, this is a dark thought. Is that Fred's ear stitched onto George's head? <laughs> that was the impression I got. So you guys made fun of me. You're like, Andrew, that's crazy. How dare you think that? Actually, Laura sort of warmed up to the idea the more she thought about it. Yep. Okay, so the studio has replied. They said, wow, that's a great thought. The intention was definitely had an ear magically, surgically re reconnected, but kept it vague as to where it came from. So could be. Okay, so my theory wasn't crazy. They supported it, sort of. Well, nice work. I love it. Yeah. Good job, Andrew. It's very macabre. They were probably being passive aggressive, like, oh, my God, what is wrong with this person? How could they think such a thing? Uh, they reported you to the FBI. <laughs> I think this <laughs> like, guy's getting an ideas. Keep an eye on this guy. <laughs> they did what all creators should do, which is say, thank you so much for writing us. This is a really unique idea we hadn't thought of. Wow. Keep, you know, being magical. That's Exactly. That's... It's it's what we do when people send in theories that we don't like. <laughs> well, if we, if we respond to them at all, I mean, do we have another 2007 email we can like, pull up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, David listening live said, finally, some answers on hashtag Eargate. Yes, this is Eargate. <laughs> All right, next one. Um, Who wants to go next? I'll go. Snog, Mary, Avada Kedavra, Hagrid, Hermione, Harry. Oh, man, this is this is a really interesting one. I wish hug were an option because I'd love a Hagrid hug, but I would probably mm -hmm. not to snog Hagrid because his scraggly beard, it would be very scratchy. And I, I wouldn't go for that. You don't want to swap spit with Hagrid? No, I would probably. I think that being married to the chosen one boy who lived would be cool. Uh, like good PR, like you'd be like, you know, uh, an it couple uh, celebrity. So I'm going to go with Mary Harry. Oh. I would snog Hermione. And yeah, Hagrid. No. I'm there's and no good answer. Here. I don't have a better. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's no better answer. So I would uh, AK. Uh, I, li I like how you're marrying for fame, though, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a unique uh, kind of way of going there. But for money, I wouldn't marry too. Hagrid because. I mean, he's loaded. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like, even if it didn't work out, I'd get half his assets. Unless he makes you sign a prenup. Oh, uh, well, do those exist over there? I guess they would. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if they exist in the wizarding world. We'll just have to see about that. Micah, this is for you. Draco. Dumbledore Dudley. Is this Harry Potter Dumbledore or Fantastic Beast Dumbledore? Let's say Harry Potter. Good question, though. All right. I'm going to kill Dumbledore. <gasps> <laughs> uh, he dies anyway. I would snog Dudley, as gross Ooh. as that would be. Wow. Twist. And uh, marry Draco. Oh, okay. Oh. His family's got money. <laughs> it's oh, yeah, all that's... about the money. Everybody here is so shallow. <laughs> Normalized marrying for money, people. Uh. <laughs> if it was Fantastic Beast Dumbledore, would your answer have been different? Yeah, I would probably snog Dumbledore, still marry Draco, and kill Dudley. <laughs> Sorry, Avada Kedavra Dudley. Uh, okay. Dudley dies either way. <laughs> all right, Eric, I think you came up with these next three sets. Oh, okay. Right? So I will administer them. Andrew. Yes, I'll go next. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the next couple, 
uh, that we're going to do is Luna, Ginny, and Neville. All right. So uh, off the bat, as somebody who isn't a huge Ginny fan, we all know I'm I'm not a huge fan of the Weasleys in general. I'm mm. going to kill off Ginny. Oh. Uh, she almost died anyways. So I will snog Neville. But of course, I'm talking about Matt Lewis after he had a massive glow up. Right. Mm. Right. And oh and then uh, I'll marry Luna. You know, she is a little out there in her younger years, but I think she uh, became a little less odd as she grew older. And not that there's anything wrong with her oddities, but I think she would have leveled up as well in a different way. You'd never have a dull day in your marriage. No, I'd be reading the newspaper upside down every day. And you'd be loved good. <laughs> Good one. Uh, that was too easy it was just too easy <laughs> so, i didn't think of it though laura apologies in advance for this i'm actually yeah. really sorry all three of these characters <laughs> are not very upstanding blokes that said i want to know between snog mary and ak crab goyle and blaze zabini none of these choices are great i'm trying to be very strategic here I think I would snog Blaze, kill Goyle, A.K. Goyle, and I would marry Crab. But just because you're married to somebody doesn't mean that you have to, like, partake. It can just be a marriage on paper. Mm, a loveless <laughs> marriage. Would you live separately? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I need my own flat on the other side of the country. <laughs> <laughs> and uh micah we're gonna go yes. uh okay snog mary ak hogwarts founders edition Ooh. between helga hufflepuff rowena ravenclaw and godric gryffindor i'm a ravenclaw so i feel like it's too easy to say mary so i'll snog rowena mm. <laughs> i think i'd marry helga and avada kedavra Godric Gryffindor. I'm just wow. tired of hearing about Gryffindor. It's enough already. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. You know, Micah, you and I are of similar minds because we're both Ravenclaws. I would have answered this question in the exact really? same <laughs> way. Wow. 100%. Because also, Godric, like, I just don't need that level of like hyper masculine energy in my life. There's too much of that <laughs> in the world. Like, I just. Fair you know, enough. I mean, yeah. I would have picked Godric to marry because he'll protect you. Like, it's just kind of... Mm. Anyone picks a fight, he, like, goes after you. He's obligated, legally. Ugh. Mm. Yeah. But, I mean, all of the founders were impressive witches and wizards and could all protect you. What about so. Slytherin? We didn't include yeah. him. Yeah, well, it was only three uh, choices. So do we want to invent a banish uh, forever <laughs> to <laughs> faraway land? There you go. Option? <laughs> yep. Salazar. There you go. Okay. All right, so we have one more game today, and I'm really excited about this one. I found it on Sporkle. This is a minefield game. Can we name the top 50 most mentioned Harry Potter characters without naming any who are not in the top 50? So there's a 10-minute timer. We have to try to name the top 50 most, most mentioned characters. If we name any of the ones that are higher than position 50, then the game is over. We lose. Okay? I only have one question. <laughs> Does it, um, is it going to list when we 
enter the characters, will it actually list them in order of like correct? Uh, okay, like yeah. obviously Harry's going to be number one, and so he'll come up in the number one slot. Yeah. So it ends when we get one wrong, right? So don't say Marietta Edgecombe because she ain't on the list, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if she was? <laughs> she got a lot of Order of the Phoenix time. That's true. Yeah, see, we're gonna we're gonna screw up with some character, yeah, we and are. we're gonna get really frustrated. But obviously, we know many of the big ones, so this yeah. is gonna be interesting to see how we do. Think all seven books first, right. right? Most named Harry Potter characters in the series, and this is a book quiz. All right, I'm gonna hit play. Okay, let's start with like the big ones we know. So like Harry, Ron, yep. Hermione, Dumbledore, Voldemort. From there, what about, so there are nine Weasleys. Do we think, because Bill and Charlie may not show up a lot, but they do still get mentioned a lot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I would not. So I just typed in the names we rattled off so far. Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Albus were one through four. Voldemort was number seven. Who's in between Dumbledore and Voldemort? Hagrid's got to be one. Yep, Mm. Hagrid was five. Snape was six. Wow, we got 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 seven. Yeah. (laughs) What do we think about McGonagall? She's yes. definitely yeah. at least fifty times. Sure. Yeah. Oh, but she Ooh, was sixteen. She was sixteen. Oh, uh, so see, this gives. We could also start like defining it by that. Like, name somebody who we know is probably on this list, but then reevaluate others based on where that character is. Do we think Hedwig would be on this list? Let's Do we want to try? Oh God, now I'm scared. <laughs> Hedwig is safe. She's in all seven books. You know, she is in all seven. Months. Even when she's not present, he's thinking about her. But how about he mentions okay. at least fifty? Yeah. You think? But, all right, I'm gonna type. Should I type it in? Yeah, and if oh, we fail, we're I just don't. gonna retake the quiz. I know. Well, it's my fault. <laughs> we're gonna be struggling. Oh my god! Oh, Number forty-seven. 47. That oh, was close. <laughs> so everyone else on this list, except for three people, are gonna be mentioned more than Hedwig. Wow. Okay, I think some of the other Weasleys, like Ginny, yeah. right? Arth- Arthur, Molly, yeah. for Arth- sure. Arthur, Molly, yeah. Okay, Arthur, 14. Molly, 17. Uh, Ginny, 15. Fred and George, are they a package deal or are they <laughs> two characters? I bet they're separate. Yeah. Let's see, Fred. I feel like they have to, yeah. Ooh, Fred, Fred number 10. Wow. George, okay. 12. And yet Fred died. Interesting. Yeah. Where do you think Neville fits? Neville's He's definitely be on here. I'm yeah. actually surprised. As well as Luna. Yeah, Luna. Uh, well, I'm surprised that Arthur was mentioned more than Molly. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. You always hear about Mrs. Weasley. You always hear what she's up to. So I don't... Well, maybe in Order of the Phoenix when he's going through hell. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Any other Weasleys that we haven't... Uh, Percy was probably mentioned at yeah. least 50 times. Especially with how know. crappy he became in the latter half yeah. of the series. Characters and are how mad him. they were at him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Percy. Yeah. 26. 26. Nice. Uh, Luna, somebody mentioned, I think. Oh, mm-hmm. we already did that. You already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about Dobby? Yes. Mm. <laughs> Dobby's mentioned more than Hedwig. More than Hedwig? Yeah. No. Dobby uh, has to, like. How about my man Draco? Let's get him in here. Yeah, oh, Draco. let's get Draco, Draco on the list. Course. Yeah, there Number we go. Nine. Number nine. Who's in between Voldemort and Draco in position eight? Bellatrix? Maybe? No. At eight? Because she doesn't appear till what? Yeah. Oh, okay, fair. I'm sure she's on this list, though. There's got to be some other teacher. How about, I mean, how about Filch? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, let's try Filch. 
He's cool. in a yep. Nice. There he is. Thirty-three. This is hard. I'm no longer comfortable Sprouse with this. I would, have, I, know. I would avoid doing single book DADA teachers, except maybe yeah. Umbridge. What about or the Marauders? Yeah, Umbridge. Okay. Yeah, yeah, what about all the Marauders? All the Marauders? Okay, let's yeah. do Lupin. That seems like a safe one. Well, okay, l- okay, if Lupin's that high, then Lily and James would both be up there. Really? Ooh, I'm. That makes me nervous. That does. Yeah. Sirius has got to be on here. Oh, yeah. There you okay. go. Number eight. Number, eight. number eight. Okay. We've got the top 17 so far. And then 26, 27, 33, and 47. <laughs> and we're halfway through the quiz. Okay. Bellatrix has to be on this list. Okay. And now she, I'm... I... She's only in books five and seven, right? Yeah, but she gets so many... She's in six, too. She does briefly. get a lot of mentions. Yeah. What about Lucius? I feel like she has to be mentioned oh, yeah. more than... Hedwig. Lucius like, is a good <laughs> then an owl. Yes. <laughs> what about any of the founders? Do we feel like they're mentioned? No, I, I, uh. they're mentioned in every book, but I don't think more than a couple of ti- right, like by name. What were some other ones you guys just mentioned? Not the founders. Lucius, but... Bellatrix, and Lucius. Okay. Let's do Bellatrix. Yeah, forty-three. Okay. Lucius. What are we sure about Lucius? Yeah, he's he's in, he's in the books a lot. He's introduced right. in book two. Yeah. Thirty-eight. Yep. Nice. Who's going to make the Jenga puzzle fall? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hedwig scared us. I think we, I, I think we it, got... <laughs> I think Dobby is safe if Lucius like and Bellatrix be... are okay. both here. That's, yeah, that's Dobby fair. has to be on this list. Yep, Dobby yes. 23. 23. Okay, what Creature? about Harry's close school? What about his dorm mates, for instance? Like, you're always hearing about Seamus and Dean. Dean, Yeah. yeah. Okay, Seamus. Seamus was 50. Oh my gosh. Okay, shut it down. Shut it down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's too risky to put in Dean. I agree. Seamus was 50. Oh my. Well, I feel like Seamus was mentioned more than Dean because remember, Seamus and Harry got into a fight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they were mad at each other. So let's... Although Dean dated Ginny. So... I don't know. How about Lavender? (laughs) Because she, she gets a lot of mentions. Or Cho Chang. I'm just Cho. thinking. Even before we meet Lavender, she's the one with like the rabbit that Trelawney upsets. Like, you know, all the. Oh, how about Trelawney? Because she's in all the books. Yeah, Trelawney must be. 36. Well, then what about Flitwick and Sprout? Do we feel like they get enough? Definitely, hmm. definitely Flitwick. Ooh. Yeah, really? Well, I agree. How about Eric. any of the Dursleys? Yeah. Well, yeah. Vernon, Petunia, Dudley. Uh, yeah, but more than Dud- Hedwig, I mean, they don't appear that much. I think I think Dudley. All right, would I'll come up. I think. All right. If you type Dursley, does it give every Dursley <laughs> that's mentioned? <laughs> no, the nope. quiz comes at you. Nice try. All right, I'll try Dudley. No one's feeling confident. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I'm do so it scared. or do all right. Uh, do Petunia maybe first? Ugh. No, I don't feel good about that. Because, you know, you have all that stuff later with Dumbledore and Petunia. Remember my last Petunia and a bunch of others? She's just more relevant to Harry's life and plot, I think. Did we include... Let's do Flitwick, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so scared. Oh, Oh, we lost. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, it's my fault. Uh, no. Okay, so Flitwick was number 59. Ooh, okay. I can't believe Hedwig gets more mentions than Flitwick. <laughs> <laughs> and Filch. All right, but that was fun, though. 
Yeah. And we did well for seven and a half minutes, so I'm I'm pretty <laughs> pleased by that. Yeah. No regrets. So uh, we can include a link to that in the show notes as well. We weren't able to find a show answers list. So we'll have to look into that and uh, see if we can get all the rest of the answers. But man, that was that was stressful. Totally. <laughs> all right. Well, what a fun episode of MuggleCast. If you have any feedback about today's discussion, you can email MuggleCast at gmail.com or visit MuggleCast.com and click on Contact Us and write in that way. You can also record a voice memo using your phone and email that to MuggleCast at gmail.com or call us 1-920-3-MUGGLE. That's 1-920-368-4453. It's time for Quizzage. Last week's question was, What secret does the Grey Lady say Rowena Ravenclaw kept from the other founders? The correct answer is, she did not tell them that the diadem was stolen. She pretended that it was not, in fact, stolen. Some people suggested it was the location of the diadem, but that's the wrong answer. So it's Mm -hmm. the fact that it was stolen at all. Correct answer is submitted by Mia, Zack Attack, Dream Quaffle, Asuna, Hallowolf, Pink Space Frog, Lord Voldemort, Rudolf, Sisu, Tracy, Shuha, Jury, Elizabeth, Hallowolf, and others. So, uh, as always, we submit our answers to the MuggleCast website slash Quizich, MuggleCast.com slash Quizich. And next week's question. On the night Norbert is born, Hagrid makes the trio tea and offers them which food that they refuse. I gotta go back and see if Bradley Bakes did a, a, a send-up on this thing. Yeah. Mm. It's very interesting. I'm sure he did. Mm. <laughs> oh, you're right, Micah. He did. I just looked it up. Do you think Norbert is one of the 50 most mentioned characters in the Harry Potter series? We're going to no. play and find out. <laughs> <laughs> I would say bottom 50, 30, 20. Ouch. But Eric, it's a great job with Quizage. I, I have to say, I've been watching Jeopardy lately, and, and you just are far and above any guest host that's been on that show. Oh, well, gosh. yeah, I mean, Dr. Oz is currently hosting. He's you can't get any worse than that. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I liked than, Katie Couric, though. Better than Dr. Oz. Right. I'll, I'll take it. And then the executive producer, actually, I think was the best out of any of them. Better than Ken? Yeah, Ken was terrible. What? Oh, all right. We're starting a Jeopardy podcast, and we're just going to review <laughs> guest judges. Before we wrap up today's episode, if you could take a moment to do the following, we would greatly appreciate it, as they all help us continue to run and grow MuggleCast. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Follow us on social media. We are MuggleCast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, join our community of passionate listeners today at patreon.com slash MuggleCast. Listener support lets us spend time on the boring Muggle things and more time here in the magical wizarding world. And it's an escape for us, and we think it's an escape for you, too. By pledging, you'll receive instant access to bonus MuggleCast, the ability to listen to us record live each week, early access to each new episode of MuggleCast as we finish editing it, our Facebook and Discord groups, and so much more, including our new AMA feature. Micah just published his Ask Me Anything video, so check that out if you're a Slug Club patron. Lots to see on our Patreon, no matter what level you are pledging at. So again, that's patreon.com slash MuggleCast. Thank you so much for your support. And that concludes today's episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Laura. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.